All right, friends in the room, welcome back to night two of the porch. It feels so good to be back with you all and to be up here and just talking together. If we haven't met, my name is JD. I'm the creative director here at The Porch and get to hang out with you guys every Tuesday night. And as always, to our friends tuning in online and all over different places across the country. And if you're streaming in Dallas, we just want to say welcome and we're so glad that you are here. But I am on a time frame, so let's get right to it. Every, uh, everyone knows that last week we started a, a new series called Matchmaker, where we're talking about all things singleness, dating, marriage, engagement, love life. And everyone, you know, they want to know about how do you have a successful love life. And we're hoping that this series, as we're kind of playing on, like the idea of a dating app, since those are really popular right now, we're kind of going, hey, what would your maker have to say about your future match? and how you should pursue them and love them and how you should take care of yourself before you even go searching for a match. What would your maker have of you? And so that's what we're exploring. Last week we talked about, hey, you've got to build the right profile. You've got to build your right life now as a single individual. Don't try to drag somebody into all your mess. Focus time now to become God's man, God's woman and build the right profile. And tonight I get to talk to you guys about your search History, because who doesn't love to talk about their past relationships? All right, yeah, some of you are like, oh God, trust me, you don't want to go there, buddy. And uh, I do, I really do. I want all the tea. And so tonight, we're going to talk about how we have to, we have to address our history if we're going to have a flourishing future in dating. Because a lot of us, most people in this room, statistics would say, are going to end up married one day before the age of 50. I think it's like 90%, David said last week, which is crazy. And if you want a future success in dating, in marriage, in your love life, and all of those things, you've got to address your past. It just has to happen. You've got to go, hey, what things from my past and my history, if I looked at my search history, what's influencing my future and my present reality? And as I'm just thinking about this, a lot of people aren't just searching like we're on the hunt. Like we are, we are clawing at the bit to find our match. And as I was thinking about hunting, I actually grew up in deep East Texas, near Longview, Texas. And uh, yeah, 903, baby. And uh, I, in East Texas, it's just kind of a thing that you grow up and you go hunting a lot. It's just like you always go hunting. It was very few times where there was something not on the dinner table that we did not um, hunt ourselves. Talk about Whole Foods. And it was through growing up hunting that I learned that, hey, before you even go to the deer stand, before you even go out to hunt, there's some things that you just got to do. And one of those things is target practice. But before you even target practice, you have to do something called sighting your gun. All right, people from Dallas, Miami, whatever, California, you got to sight your gun, which basically just means, hey, you've got to get the scope. So, you know, like there's a picture of a rifle, there's a scope on it that you look through, and there's these cross arrows, and you got to line them up with your target, and then bam! You shoot, okay? But before you do that, you're never going to hit your target if your sighting is off. And so there's some things, you got to turn these knobs. It's all about elevation and windage and all these phrases that I won't flex with you right now. And you do all this to make sure that, hey, when I put these cross arrows on the bullseye, it's going to hit it every time because that's the job of the gun. And so one time when I was like 13, my dad took me out. We had this pond. You shot across the pond at the targets. And I, I, I was a pretty good shot, not going to lie. And I pull up the gun and I, I line up the crosshairs right on the bullseye and I start shooting and it's just missing it. I mean, it's not even hitting the target. And my dad's like, son, what are you doing? Like, come on, like pull it together. And I'm like, dad, I don't miss. Something is wrong with the gun. I don't miss. And he was like, well, you're, you're missing. Like I, I already sighted the gun. 
I already did everything right. You're just missing the target. And so I just kept going, kept going. He's like, give me a try. And, you know, he, he's convinced that I might miss, but dads never miss. And so he pulls out the gun and he goes to shoot and he doesn't even hit the target. And now suddenly he's like, okay, okay, something must be wrong with the gun. And he takes a look and he says, oh, I sighted the wrong gun. This is the, I haven't sighted this yet. So he does the things necessary. What do you know? I line it up, put it on the bullseye and I hit it. And I start there because I think a lot of us, we have done everything right. We might even have the right idea of what the target is for a future happy dating life or a marriage. We might go, hey, I know that I'm supposed to date someone godly who goes to church. Like I know the target and I know how to operate the gun, but your sights are all off and they're all out of whack. And some of you are like, man, I just don't get it. I feel like I'm lining up the cross arrows and I'm putting it on the bullseye, but why do I keep missing? Why do I keep ending up with the jerks? Why do I keep ending up with another crazy girl? Huh, what could it be? And you keep missing the target and missing the target, even though you feel like you're doing everything right. It's because you haven't put in the work and you're searching to put your sights on the right thing. And you're actually missing the target because you don't even know what the target is. And so tonight, I wanna make sure that you and I we're on the same page of, hey, what would God say through his word is the target for a successful dating relationship? What would he say is the target for a future spouse, the person you're looking for, and how do you hit the bullseye? And I wanna show you how you can take shots about the right person and you won't keep missing the target. And that's what I wanna do tonight. And I'm gonna do that by asking a few questions. Before you even go to search for a person, you have to ask, what have you been searching for? Why have you been searching for it? And then I wanna talk about what you're actually searching for. So really quickly, one more time, what have you been searching for? Why have you been searching for it? And what you're actually searching for? So in order to hit the target, I don't wanna assume like, hey, I, I did say like I had some assumptions in there, like we all like know the idea of God's design for marriage. So we get the target, but we keep missing. And I don't wanna assume that actually everyone knows what God wants for love, what God wants for you when you fall in love and the person that you're looking to love you and the person that you're looking to love and how to even operate in this thing that we call love. And so I'm gonna take us to a passage of scripture that you probably all have heard if you've attended a wedding. It's 1 Corinthians 13, because there it's famous for a reason. It's just clearly painted in God's word what love looks like. And it sets up the perfect target for you and I to make sure we don't miss when searching for it. So if you would, 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse four. It says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. It never loses faith. Love is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And so if you're missing the target, even though you can read that and be like, okay, I see all the things, so why do I keep missing it? Before we talk about why you keep searching and hitting the wrong thing and not ending up, ending up with the jerk, ending up with the crazy person, let's talk about what? Let's address the past. Let's talk about it. What have you been searching for? And I bet right now, if I could go to each of you and like, go to your dating profile and your past dating relationships, if I could look at the search history that is your love life and could click on every single one of you, I would see some interesting people. 
I bet all of you would be like, yeah, uh, there was this one girl in eighth grade, crazy. You don't want to get in contact with her. Or some of you'd be like, yeah, this guy, I mean, he was trouble. I don't know what I was thinking. How was I thinking? Why did I think that? Why did I let myself get there? Blah, blah, blah. And you would wonder and be like, yeah, it's not pretty. And I bet for a lot of you, I would find out that for ladies, maybe you've looked for the businessman, the college athlete, the jock. You've looked for the successful guy. You look for the most outgoing guy at the party, at the bar. But also, you don't just find those things in the guy. You also end up with the guy that's a major narcissist. He's controlling. He's passive. He's just a straight-up jerk. You never kind of knew where he, like, stood with you. You're like, are we, like, in this? He's never really defined. We never really DTR, defined the relationship. Like, where is this heading? He was never clear with you. There was never clarity. You would not, he would ghost you for, like, four days and then randomly be like, you up? It's like that kind of guy, okay? And what you have to ask yourself is, what was I searching for in him? Like, what did I see? Like, was I just, was I that thirsty? And, like, some of you are like, yeah, guilty. I was. But you have to know that it didn't bring you love. It only brought you hurt. And for guys, maybe for you, it's like, hey, yeah, you're searching for the, the, cheer, the girl that was a cheerleader in college. Maybe she's a professional dancer now. You're searching for the wildest sorority girl. That's what her reputation was. The girl that's kind of known as like, hey, she'll like post bikini pictures all over her Instagram and be way too revealing like a Kardashian, but she like loves God too. And like you, you, are looking for these women and you're like, yeah, bro, like, did you see her Instagram bio? She clearly reads scripture. It says Philippians 4.13. And <laughs> you convince yourself, hey, like, I found my woman, this woman of God, this wog, some would say. And then with that, because that's what you're searching for, you're going to find what you're searching for. She's crazy. She's emotionally codependent. She's like hitting you up 24 seven, like stage five clinger, okay? If you try to leave, she's like, you're never leaving. <laughs> like, I'll find you. Like, that's how the kind of girl she is. She's the kind of girl that like introduces you to mom and dad like way too fast and is like, hi, make my future husband. Like, she's that kind of girl. And you're like, oh my gosh, I am feeling like she is way too obsessed with me. I gotta get out. And then she's the kind of girl that once you're like, hey, I'm ending things. She's like, well, fine, leave. You're a jerk anyways. It, it, I don't need no man. And then you move on and you actually find another person. And then she's in that person's DMs. And she's like, he's a jerk. Don't go for him. Trust me, girl. I've been there, done that. And it's like, that is what is so common. Like we are searching for all the wrong things. And some of you are like, hey, 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 easy. Like I'm that person. Like, I'm the person in the relationship that you're describing. I, that, some of those things kind of hit a nerve. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. I think a lot of times the things that we're searching for say a lot about us. And we make it about them. They're crazy. They're the issue. They drink too much. Um, he's really abusive. Verbally, maybe some, for some of you physically, Hey, she is like so obsessed with me. It's too much. I got to get out of here, bro. And I think a lot of times what you and I search for has nothing to do with the person we ended up with. It actually has everything to do with you. Why are you searching for it? Because something we say a lot around here is um, the common denominator of all these individuals that you can put names to 
It's not them. They have, yeah, sure, they all have their issues. But let's not forget the common denominator is you. You're the person in every one of those relationships that's gone from the next to the next to the next to the next. So what does it have to say? What does your search history have to say about you and the things that you're searching for in your own condition and heart? It's like this. Uh, one time in college, I discovered uh, Google Predict, like Google Autofill. If you haven't done this, it's super fun. You like type in like half a sentence and then you see like Google pulls the algorithm where all of the like, history has search for, like this is commonly searched things. And so let me predict what I think you're gonna search for based off of everyone typing these things. And so one time I typed, why do I? And there's like, why do I sweat so much? Why do I feel dizzy? Why do I have diarrhea? Why do I have a headache? Why do I bruise so easily? I bet that's a girl because girls bruise all the time. Like it's just like, they're like a banana. Um, why do I feel so tired? Why do I feel nauseous? Why do I sleep so much? Why do I pee so much? Why do I feel like throwing up? And I'm sitting there and I'm like, hmm. Like I, I don't personally like relate to these things, but I am kind of curious what Google would have to say. And I'm not gonna tell you which one I clicked on, but I like did <laughs> click on one of them because I'm a guy and I'm a co in college and I'm just wondering, you know, asking for a friend for future. And, like is Tums actually good remedy? Is it just a quick Band-Aid? Anyways, so. I do this search and later that day, this guy I really looked up to was like, hey bro, can I borrow your computer? And I'm like, yeah, totally. And I give my computer and he goes, and I, it's like slow motion. He goes to click on the Google search engine and I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I engaged with the, the algorithm and so I clicked on it. Therefore, it's now a member of my search history, meaning that when he clicks the search, it's gonna pop up in purple letters revealing that I searched that thing. And so I'm like, no. And I'm running to him and then he clicks the thing with the cursor, it pops down and sure enough, right at the top of the list, my most recent search is why do I have diarrhea? <laughs> and he's like, uh, you good? <laughs> he's like, are you all right? Like, you, you okay? Like, cause this, and I'm like, no, I was just, and he was like, uh-huh. And I was like, I, I promise. And he was like, uh-huh. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. And for the rest of my college career, every time I saw that guy, he's like, bro, you need some Pepto? I got you. <laughs> And I'm like, ah! And I would have given anything to have been able to delete my search history because it impacted that present relationship. And what actually happened was, is he was no longer concerned about what I was searching. He was concerned about why are you searching for it? He's like, are you sick? Do you need help? And why didn't you just tell me? Which is such a logical next question, which leads to my second question. Why are you searching for it? Why are you searching for love in all of these places that are never gonna satisfy? Why, when I look at your search history, do I see you going back to another jerk? And here's the thing, girls, you convince yourself as a coping mechanism, you're like, well, the jerk is kind of like the bad guy and it's kind of a thrill. That's what you tell yourself. You're like, I want, I want kind of the bad guy. He can't be too good. He can't be too like nice. You know, he has to perfectly balance the line between like, hey, uh, do you know if I want you? I'm mysterious, yet I'm also like, I'm about you. And you have to toe this line. It makes it really difficult for us guys, by the way, trying to do it right. But anyways, you are sitting there and you're like, I keep returning back to people who only hurt me. Like a dog, like the Bible would say, like returning to its vomit. You're just going back and going back. For guys, why are you pursuing women who are riddled with insecurities 
and self-image issues and distracting them and convincing them that you're their solution to their problem. But the reality is you know good and well that a lot of times the reason why you actually go after those women is not to be some source of comfort, not to be some source of like a, a place for them to run to. Maybe sure that's in there, but also these women are really easy for you to not, to, like, to abuse and to use for your own selfish game. So why are you searching for it? You can't just make the problem all about your search history and those people and it was their issue, it was their issue, it was their issue, it was their self-esteem issues, it was his passive father, blah, blah, blah. It, you have to at some point go, but what's wrong with me for thinking that that is what I needed? And I just wanna talk about a couple of these really quick. Because if you want any chance, listen, if you want any chance of actually finding like this, this version of Mr. Right or Mrs. Right, then you have to spend time asking yourself, why do I keep going back to Mr. Wrong and Mrs. Wrong? And so, although painful, Let's just talk about it. I just want to use a couple of examples. And I know that every single person here right now has your own individual story that impacts your view of love. And it impacts like your worldview of what you think love is. A lot of you come in here with different parents that have demonstrated love maybe in a great way. Other people that you meet, their parents did not show them love in a good way. They were not committed to each other. There was divorce. There were so many different things. A lot of you maybe like come in here and you're saying, hey, I have been abused or I have been cheated on. I have been hurt. I have been heartbroken. He said he wouldn't leave and then he cheats on me and I have thought about that and I have let that impact every relationship ever since and all of these things are influencing all these different stories that make up your search history and I just want to say I get it. I have my own things that I searched for in my life that I thought would bring me satisfaction and bring me true love and I'm still waking up to the reality that love is not in those things but I had to address it. And so for anyone, first ask yourself, are my past experiences influencing my search? Are my past experiences influencing my search? Have you messed up so bad that you've convinced yourself or have you done something so bad that you convinced yourself like self-torture, like self-deprecation, you've just told yourself, hey, I don't deserve actual happiness. I don't deserve actual love. I know you're telling me what the target is, that love is patient, love is kind, love is never ending, love is all these amazing things, but I have not done amazing things. I've done really messed up things. Therefore, I get what I deserve. I had it coming to me. Therefore, you keep running to something. You keep running to a version of a man or a woman that is only hurting you, and you're digging yourself deeper and deeper and deeper. And I'm telling you that that doesn't have to be your story. It doesn't have to be your narrative. There is more out there for you, but you're never going to find it in a person. And so what past experiences, maybe you've only seen bad. And I want to say if that's true, I'm sorry. But I'm here to tell you tonight and remind you tonight and maybe inform you for the first time tonight that God's word says that love is possible in him and through him. And we'll get to that in a second. Maybe some of you, I think a lot of this, we talk about this a lot here, but for men, and I know that even the rate is growing more and more for women, which just breaks my heart, but pornography. I think pornography, it, it influences our search. I, I wanna talk about another hunting story, weirdly enough. Um, 
We, I loved in high school, we would go, we would sit around a fire and we had these hunting dogs. And what you do is if you're hunting for like pigs, like hogs or coyotes, whatever it is, you go and you get something that has the sense of the thing that you want them to track down. You're like, yep, we've seen a, I don't know, fox and the hound or something. And so you, you go and you get it and you bring the dogs over, they sniff it, they sniff it. And this part's really important. You can't mess this up. You can't mess it up. What they sniff, they will go find. They're gonna go find it. Whatever it is, they will not stop until you tell them to. They will search all night until they find what they sniffed. It triggers something in their mind that tells them, hey, I am tracking this thing down and I will not stop until it's mine. And I think a lot of times our past experiences, pornography, culture, society is the thing that you are putting against your nose, against your life, and you are sniffing and you are telling your brain and your heart, go find it. And guys, girls, if you are addicted to pornography, if pornography has influenced and triggered your brain and your heart to go, this is passion, this is love, someone to meet all of these fantasies, it is gonna influence your search and what you're looking after. And no longer are you looking for a, a woman who clothes herself in the Lord, or a guy who is God's man. You are running after someone who, who thinks they have to sexualize themselves and make themselves some sexual being to entertain you and to actually receive affection from you. And that isn't love. And you're not only hurting yourself, you're hurting them. It's like this one time I was talking to David and just getting dating advice. I was practically a hotline caller. And I'm like, bro, there's this girl. And I'm really confused because She's all about God. She has this podcast. She does these amazing things for God, but she also posts these images that just distract me. Like, yeah, God's given her an amazing body and she's worked hard for that body, but she's posting these pictures in swimsuits and workout gear and she's walking around in public and it's causing me to take my eyes off of God and put it on her. And I'm like, I don't wanna do that. So like. But she loves God. And what is that? What do I do with that? And David in his wisdom was like, hey, first off, you have to address in your heart what's triggering you to see her as anything other than God's daughter. Like what in you is immediately objectifying her and allowing you to see her in that light because that's not God's best for you or for her. And I wanna take a second to get off a of men's back and talk to you ladies as someone who is looking and trying hard to pursue the Lord and to find a woman doing the same. It gets really confusing when she says she's about God, but she seems more, I wanna say this nicely, she seems more interested in me checking out her chest than her heart. It gets really confusing because I'm not blaming you. I'm, I'm taking ownership of saying, man, I have given in to culture. I've given in to society and I've let society in its plaguing sense convince me of all of these messed up fantasies and therefore I can't help myself and I'm trying to devote myself to the Lord and keep my eyes on him. But I hope that you would do the same. And I think that if you would do the same, you would know about yourself, hey, modesty, this is a beautiful way I heard this put one time, modesty, it's not hiding your body behind clothing. Modesty is not about hiding your body, it's about revealing your dignity. 
It's about revealing that you know your worth. You know your value. You know that you are God's daughter and that you have a father who loves you. Therefore, you don't have anything to prove with your body. You don't have anything to prove with flaunting yourself and showing yourself off to some guy to get his attention because he's only gonna use you. And I wanna tell you, if a guy is searching after that kind of girl, why is he finding you? If he's finding you, that's an issue. And so don't give in to him. And guys, if you're searching for that kind of girl, if pornography and culture has been the thing that you have sniffed and gone after to track after and find that kind of girl, you need to check your heart and you need to rearrange some things and you do not need to bring a woman into your mess. You need to get it right in your singleness. So many hearts have been broken because men and women are objectifying one another and not treating each other like the image bearer of God that they are. The Bible says in Genesis that you are created in the image of God, therefore treat yourself as such. It also says in the Corinthians that your body is a temple. The Holy Spirit, if you have a relationship with God, the Holy Spirit lives in you, therefore glorify God with your body. And when you flaunt it and put it out there for the world to see, and men, when you chase after that, you're both communicating to you, hey, I'm more invested in using you than loving you. That's not God's best. Ladies, why? Why do you keep going back to the jerk of the guy who objectifies you, uses you? Think for a second with me. Like I'm, I'm here saying and confessing on behalf of men all over our world, like I am sorry if you believe that you're only worth what you can give a man or what he says about you and your body. But if you are going after whoever will give you attention because of your low self-esteem issues, and maybe they were caused by past abuse, which again, I'm sorry for, maybe they're caused by you've never seen a good example in your marriage, in, in, your, in your parents' marriage, through divorce, through different things. Maybe your parents didn't give you the affection that you needed, the encouragement you needed, and so maybe you just have really low self-esteem issues. And so you're like, hey, I'll take what I can get. Anyone that will fill this void, you have to address that. And you have to turn to God's word and say, no, 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 no. God says that he's chosen me, that he's adopted me. And then God has given me the target for what love really is. That love is patient and kind. It's not jealous, it's not rude, it doesn't demand its own way. And you deserve love. Men, you deserve a woman who sees herself through the love of her father. And there's so many more examples, like I said, that I could pull from and go, man, why are you searching for him? Why are you searching for her? Why are you searching for that? And we could sit down, and if I could, I would sit down with every single one of you and just go back and back and back and search and search and search and replay all the things in your life that have influenced your search. I wish I could go to every single one of your search history and look at the ways it's affecting your present reality and your future search of your person, but I just can't. And so I'm asking you, I'm begging you to take time, sit down with the Lord and go, why? Either why am I the end result of that toxic person's search or why am I searching for someone toxic and for someone that's only gonna hurt me 
and not love me. So, cough my soapbox there. And so, right now you might be wondering, okay, so then what, like, addressed it, now what? And I just want to close, like, I want to finish the night, like, last point, have a close and just talk about, hey, what then are you actually searching for? Because I think if you knew the way that God designed you and the way that he uh, created in you, what he created in you to search for, it would really help you out because you would realize that the search can be over. And so what God created you to actually search for, the first thing is that you are searching for someone to actually love you. To actually love you. You're tired of the jerks. You're fed up with the heartbreak. You're tired of the girl that's just like, man, what is going on here? And you want and you crave actual love. 1 John 4, 8 says, But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Read that. Anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So how can we expect someone to properly love us if they're not walking with God? Like, think about that. If the Bible is true, and when it says that God is love, why are we searching for anyone that doesn't have a abiding relationship with God? And you have to ask yourself, hey, like, does my search indicate something about me? Like, does my search say anything about my knowing of God's love? Because if I understood and knew God's love, would it allow me to be able to see someone who actually knows God? Let me put it a little more clearly. If you don't know God's love, you will never be able to spot someone who knows God. And if you aren't able to search for someone who knows God, then you will never experience love because God is love. And I hope you're seeing that connection, how it's so important in your single years, guys. Don't wait to bring it into a relationship. Don't wait to bring it into another person. The time is now. Before you go on your search, you have to search yourself and go, where do I not fully know God? Where do I not fully understand his plan for me and his desires for me? And what he says, true love is found. Because when you search, you're gonna see that, oh, actual love is not found in a person or a match or in my idea of marriage or in porn or in uh, hookups or dating apps or whatever it is. Love is not actually in those things. Love is not something in the future. Love is actually a reality that I can experience right now. And it's all in the hands of my maker. It's all in the inventor of love himself, God. And so you get to take time now to build that relationship and go, I'm gonna search and search and search because if you become more confident in God's design for love and his love for you, I promise you, if you put in that work now, it will impact your love life. It'll impact the way that you love and pursue and cherish a person one day. But for some of you, the most loving thing that you can do it's tonight, ask yourself and maybe look at the person that if you're in a dating relationship or whatever it might be and look at them and go, hey, I actually think that I haven't been loving you. I think I've been using you to only love myself more. And the healthiest thing that you might need to do is break up tonight. 
and go experience love and search for love in the right place. And when you know the author of love, when you know God himself, when you know him more, then, then you go see what he has for you with another person who is doing the same. The second thing that we all actually are searching for is something that will last. A love that will last. That's why we say the wedding vows that we do for better or for worse, till death do us part. We are looking for something that will last. And maybe you right now need to address, hey, it, do I truly believe that something can last? Is there something in my history that is influencing my reality that I'm going, hey, I uh, actually am fine with like non-committal. I'm fine with just the, the, the highs on the weekends and just hooking up with someone or like not really having to like DTR and define this thing. I'm fine with this. Like I don't need something to last. Trust me, I'm doing just okay. My family's great. I'm getting successful um, things in work. I, I, it's all great. I'm fine. And I'm telling you, I know and you know that there's gotta be more. And you know deep down that you were designed and you want someone to look at you and say, for better or worse, till death do us part. But the reality is, is that you don't have to wait for the altar in a wedding one day. You can come to the altar now and you can come to the Father now and he's gonna look at you and he's gonna say, hey, for better or for worse, no matter what you've done, no matter what you do, I don't care if your parents one day broke their vows and weren't committed to each other and divorced. I don't care if one day someone broke their commitment to you and cheated on you and did something outlandish. I care that you know that I am not those people and I am here to stay. You want a commitment, you can have it now. And just like love is in the hands of the Father, the creator of love, so is a love that lasts because God does not break his vows. And if you need to come here and hear anything tonight, it's to simply remind yourself that God keeps his promise. God is committed to me and it is not contingent on my commitment to him. My past, the things I've searched for, the ways that I haven't loved him well, the ways that I haven't pursued him well, that does not determine how much that he's committed to me and he loves me. No, he just simply wants you to come and acknowledge that he's not leaving. The Bible says that God, many times it says, he will never leave you nor forsake you. And so, as I wrap up, like some of you might be thinking, hey, uh, dude, I, I like what you're saying and it, and it feels good and it gives me some hope. But if you actually saw my search history, the things I looked up, the things that I've, the people I've dated and the things that we've done, or if you have actually seen the way that I have been committed to God, you would laugh in my face. And I wanna teach you just really quick about a word that I, I talk about my dad a lot up here. Um, he made a huge impact on my life. And one of my favorite things he did is he taught me about this word, tetelestai. And tetelestai was actually the last words that Jesus said on the cross. Right before he died, he's sitting there hanging and he said, tetelestai, which means it is finished, paid in full. And we know, if you know uh, about the sacrifice that Jesus paid for yours and mine's sin, we know that what Jesus was communicating was, hey, every sin of man, past, present, and future, right now is paid in full to telestai. And so what my dad would do is he, this is all messed up now, but when he died, uh, 
few years ago, my mom gave this to me and my dad would carry this around in his wallet. And I remember sometimes it just says to Telestai, paid in full. And he wrote at the top charges. And here's why he did that. In these times when Jesus was alive, people that had messed up really bad would go to jail or prison. And once they got out, they would stand before a judge and he would say, hey, here's all the things you did wrong that put you in jail. And they would stamp it to Telestai. You now can go be free. And the people would walk around the town and people would be like, hey, I remember you. Didn't you steal from that market or didn't we catch you in adultery? You should be in prison. And he would pull it out and he would say no. And as soon as they saw that stamp, they would be like, okay, paid in full. To tell us that you've done your time. Welcome, walk freely. And I love this. My dad would just remind himself, he has on here written drunkenness, murder, adultery, brawling. My dad didn't know Jesus until he was 33. He cheated on my mom so many times. He got a girl pregnant in high school. He never had a dad that demonstrated love for him. Left him when he was 10 years old. He has drugs, slander, unforgiveness, fighting, theft, wrong TV shows, wrong music, dipping, smoking, drugs, all of it. He wrote it on here. And when the devil and when people would be like, wait, what? You're a pastor now? Or wait, you got back with your wife and your kids and they're all, you're just a blessed family now and you're doing the church thing. Like what? You used to get high with me or you used to get drunk with me or we used to get in fist fights or you knocked up a girl in high school. You're not worthy of those things. And he would say, yes, yes, I am. And if they reminded him of something that he hadn't written down, he'd be like, thank you. And he would write it down and he would say, another thing that is paid in full. And what I want you to see in this story is that you and I, if we were to put our search history on this list, like some of you tonight actually might need to take a page from your journal and just write out maybe names, abusers, the things, the alcohol, the drugs, the porn, the most messed up things that you think, oh my gosh, if anyone knew, they would say, hey, you deserve to be back in your hole, in your darkness? What are you thinking that you deserve to search for worthiness and love and and affection from a, a Christian person? You know who you are. This isn't for you. Blessings aren't for you. A life like this isn't for you. You're just gonna have to settle. You need to write it out. And like my dad, you need to say, hey, to Telestai, paid in full because a lot of you, I think you have cleared your search history. And what I mean by that is you have hit clear And it's out of sight, out of mind, but it keeps coming back. And you haven't fully believed that it has been deleted. That those things don't define you, therefore they define your future relationships and define the future you. But I'm telling you that when Jesus Christ stepped down from heaven, he didn't come down so that you could live some partial life. He didn't come down that so you could could accept some half version of love. No, he came down declaring to Telestai, it is finished, every single person here tonight has an opportunity to accept that forgiveness, accept that grace, accept that love and write it on your letter. Write your history on your letter and say, I will no longer let my history impact my future. Because when Jesus died, so did my past. And when God looks at me, he doesn't see my history. He sees a son right now in the righteousness of his son. The blood of his son is what he sees. And he says, and I wanna use him and his future and his love life and his friends and his impact and his job. I wanna change the future of the world through him, but you just have to see it. Because if you don't believe that you're worthy of your history, 
to be deleted, done, paid in full, you are gonna continue to hurt and hurt others in your search, in your future. And God is saying, you don't have to search. Love is available now. Commitment, a love that lasts is available now. And it may not be in a match, guys, I don't know. I don't know what your dating life's gonna look like. I don't know, I, God doesn't promise that he'll put us with someone or we'll find the one. But what he does promise is that our maker is fully capable of fulfilling every deepest longing in our heart. And that is available for you tonight. So stop searching in all the wrong places and start searching his word and him and all the things that he has to say about you as his son and his daughter that he loves and will never leave. Believe that tonight. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that through the work of your son, that he went through such an intense and magnifying, magnified punishment for every single person's past, present, and future, that when we are reminded of our history, when we're reminded of the things that we used to search for to find satisfaction, that we don't have to sit in guilt and shame, but that we can go, hey, Jesus paid for that. And now the things that used to embarrass us and shame us now remind us of nothing other than the goodness of God through the life of his son and the death on the cross. And so may that reality that a God loves us, sees us as worthy, cherishes us, impact the love and the relationships that we seek from people from this day forward. I pray in Jesus' name that divorce rates would drop because of what takes place tonight. I pray that in Jesus' name, heartbreak will begin to diminish because of Jesus' work tonight. I pray that tonight in Jesus' name and through the work on his cross, thousands of years ago that tonight someone would say, hey, my story was filled of hurt. It was full of heartbreak, but now I am re re I'm gonna begin searching in the fullness and the healing that the work of the cross provides. May that be so of every person in this room. It's your name that I pray.